Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Chicago's Legal Latte. Jim Mitchell with you once again, and uh, really very excited about our discussion today. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to matters of business law, and we're going to get a detailed account of the business judgment rule. Now, that may be a term that is new to some of you, but it plays a very prevalent role in the lives of directors of corporations or those in, in charge of other corporate entities. Uh, we'll get into the specifics here in just a minute. Uh, naturally, rather than having me do all that for you, let's bring in someone with uh, the correct knowledge and experience in this area. Attorney Stephen Magala is with us. Stephen, as some of you may know, is an attorney with Lavelle Law uh, and has shared insight uh, with us on a number of business-related statutes in the past. So I think we've uh, got ourselves in good hands today. Stephen, great to have you back again. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jim. I look uh, forward to our discussion, and good afternoon. Yeah, so before we get into, you know, a definition or a context, I've got a couple of basic questions here that I want to go through. But um, as we go through this topic today, is this something applicable at, at the federal level or is this a Illinois law that we're talking about? Oh, this is uh, definitely uh, Illinois law. Okay, all right, great. So as we discuss business judgment rule, um, does this apply to uh, business uh, decisions in general, or are there a specific uh, set of behaviors or instances in which this would apply? Um, basically, uh, dis- business decisions that, that uh, directors make in corporations or managers or members make uh, in LLCs. Okay. And I know one of the things that fall in this category um I think would be what's referred to as fiduciary responsibility, fiduciary duty. That that type of term comes up from time to time. Tell me a little bit about what that means, if if that is in fact applicable to what we're talking about today. Sure, sure. Fiduciary duties are owed by directors to corporations, and similarly, they're owed by members or managers to um, uh, LLCs. And there's really two types of duties. There's a duty of care and then a duty of loyalty. All right, so take me, take me through those. There are two different uh, uh, divisions there. To, first of all, let's start with duty of care. What specifically does that mean? Uh, duty of care is, um, this, is where the, this is what the BGR, uh, the Business Judgment Rule, BJR, uh, applies to is, is, you know, a director's duty to really um, go through the process of, of being informed, of uh, ha- having information to make to make um, you know informed business decisions, so it's 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 you know the the level of care, the level of attention to detail needed to make decisions, and not just um, making decisions making decisions on an uninformed basis. So that's really kind of the, kind of the duty of care. Okay, and then you have the duty of, duty of loyalty. Yeah, yeah, duty that. of loyalty. Yeah, when you think of du- about duty of loyalty, most often it arises in the context of. Um, you know, a conflict type situation, a conflict of interest. Uh, maybe the director has, um, uh, if there's a proposed transaction with another entity, and maybe the director has an interest in that other entity. 
so there's so there's that type of situation a director um a director's duty of loyalty perhaps also with respect to um what's called the corporate opportunity doctrine which you know there's a business opportunity that um that the director wants to take advantage of um himself or through his other entity and in fact this could be you know taken advantage of through through the corporation at issue so there's there's a couple different facets of it but those are really the two basic duties duties of care and duty of loyalty okay and and you helped me out there by by shortening this long term to to BJR um business judgment rule uh, mm. give me a little more about that now you you mentioned that it uh, sort of revolves around being informed and and making decisions based on a certain set of knowledge what what exactly is the intent of of this type of a a law or statute Right. So the BJR really comes into play when there's um, actions involving claims for breaches of these fiduciary duties that are owed to the entity and possibly to the other owners. Um, what it really is is a, is, is a presumption that directors of a corporation or, again, members or managers of an LLC make business decisions on an informed basis in good faith and with the honest belief that the course taken was in the best interest of the corporation. And is there a way, let's put ourselves in the boardroom, we've got a group of directors who are, who are making a decision, budgetary or operational, whatever it might be, um, you know, to what extent is this enforced? I mean, what, what do they need to be doing to make sure that they're upholding this and, and as you say, being making decisions based on information? Yeah, um, directors in general should, you know, if they want to insulate themselves from liability for, the, you know, business decisions, um, and, and, and have the benefit of being protected by the BJR, really should establish adequate processes and procedures you know, at that board level to ensure that you know, the directors have, uh, can become informed and that the decision re- really, uh, reached is really a result of a deliberative process and not just something that is kind of off the cuff or uh, the result of some sort of you know, inattention. So. Now, it, it comes, you know, as, as I kind of look around the landscape today, you know, it seems like a lot of our economy is is driven today by new industry and, in in many regards, innovation. Um, we're, we're looking for companies to create new jobs, and, and that revolves around new products and such. And it, it sounds like this rule is, is kind of a positive for a company that's looking to innovate and venture into new technologies. It, is it, does it kind of provide protection in cases like that where, you know, you're you want to try something new, and as long as you have done so, it, it, there's a risk for loss. But but being approaching it from a well-informed standpoint gives you some some protection. Then definitely, yeah. If, if you can show the process was informed and deliberative, then really the policy behind the BJR is to encourage and protect those informed business judgments, even if you know subsequent events prove that the judgment was right or wrong. Uh, and, and really to encourage risk-taking and innovation. Um, the policy also is, is to, um, behind the B, BJR, is also based on a desire to limit litigation and you know uh, judicial intrusiveness with respect to business decision-making and really to avoid second-guessing of those decisions by the courts. Um, I'm, I'm joined by Attorney Stephen McGall on the podcast today. Stephen uh, is an attorney at Lavelle Law and providing a great deal of insight here regarding the business judgment rule and how it applies to corporate boards and directors. Uh, let me also remind you that uh, Stephen authors the monthly banking and business newsletter. Uh, that can be found at lavellelaw.com. And if you uh, contact Stephen at 
705-7555. I'm sure he can get you added to a distribution list for that very useful publication. Um, thevellaw.com is a great stopping point for information on, on a wide range of business topics and also our past podcasts, including Stephen and other colleagues from the firm. So um, uh, always important that we recommend that you go over to that site. Now, as we turn our attention back to the discussion today, Stephen, you've You've mentioned once or twice, you know, directors of corporations, and I've also heard you mention LLCs. Kind of take us through: does this does this rule provide protection pretty much across the board for corporate entities? Um, yeah, it applies to directors with respect to corporations, and um, uh, and with respect to LLCs, it depends on how they're organized and structured. If they're member managed, then it would apply to members because there are no managers. And if it's a manager-managed LLC, again, just we're talking about Illinois law here, um, then that would apply to uh, the managers. And does this provide protection individually or collectively as as a board or as an LLC? Um, Really both, uh, depending on who's named in the the suit. Uh, uh, Typically, it's um, if you have a disgruntled minority shareholder who's... um, you know, naming directors, it could be you know the majority of the controlling directors, for example. So uh, it, d- it does apply on an individual basis, or it can, and and so that's why it's, it's very important for um, directors who are worried about incurring such liability, and and to obtain the benefits of the business judgment rule to uh, engage in that informed deliberative, deliberative process. Now, what what kind of approach might a plaintiff use to try and work their way through the protections of this rule? Do they have any any grounds generally um, beyond this? Sure, sure. Uh, again, the BGR is a presumption, but the plaintiff can can rebut that presumption by presenting evidence that the director acted uh, fraudulent, fraudulently, uh, illegally, or uh, just disregarding its uh, duty to become informed. Um, also, it does, uh, the BGR does not apply if the uh, director is in breach of his or her uh, duty of loyalty, and we talked about that before by, for example, having a conflict of interest um, involving the transaction at issue. So and once the plaintiff can establish um, that rebuttable evidence, basically, which contradicts the presumption, then that presumption vanishes. So think of it as as a bubble that um, the plaintiff can definitely uh, pierce and and pop and and um, do away with. And and when you talk about being you know making a decision that's that's well informed, uh, you know basically doing due diligence before corporate uh, decisions are made, is that is that difficult to defend? Is it hard to define um, some some level of of information or preparation? Um. It, it, it's not too difficult, you know. You know, certainly directors are entitled to rely on internally generated reports that are prepared by, um, you know, senior officers. Uh, they're also entitled to rely on outside advisors, such as um, accountants and and um, other third parties. So they can, uh, you know, certainly discharge their duties by reviewing, you know, you know the reports that you know other people have prepared and um, just becoming you know, informed uh, as to you know the operations of the company, and uh, just kind of doing their you know their own due diligence to um, 
you make sure that you know the transaction at issue is really in the best interest of the corporation or LLC. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, when we talk about so many things on this podcast, whether it's litigation issues, uh, tax issues, um, frequently it comes down to the fact that the best way to prepare a defense or to protect yourself is what you do right up at the beginning when decisions are made, record-keeping, documentation. Uh, it sounds like this is a perfect example of that, um, that, that good corporate records um, can provide a solid defense if an issue should ever arise. Is that is that the right business practice? Uh, definitely, definitely, yeah. And, and anything where you can establish that you know uh, the director took took responsibility to become informed. Uh, there was a, a especially during the uh, meetings of the of the directors or, or uh, managers, there was uh, you know evidence that there was uh, you know debate and deliberation. Um, you know questions were answered or questions were asked and answered, and and reports were reviewed. Um, all, all those things are very helpful in in uh, establishing that presumption. Okay. Um, we always get up against the clock here, so let me just turn to you for a quick 30-second recap. This is something that's kind of new to us on the podcast, so maybe just, uh, as you can, you know, top to bottom here, a quick recap of what we've talked about. Sure. Uh, the business judgment rule is really a powerful presumption that directors and uh, managers of LLCs can um, use to insulate themselves from liability, liability with respect to um, uh, d- business decision-making, essentially. And uh, in order to do that, really, uh, directors and managers and uh, and members, uh, if, if it's a member-managed LLC, uh, you know, should establish adequate processes and procedures at the board or manager level to ensure that they can become informed and that the decision re- reached was the result of a deliberative process. Okay, and that uh, that leads us right up to the spot here where we uh, can say thank you to Stephen McGala. We appreciate him being with us. Uh, very useful discussion and uh, one that I'm sure you might want to go back and uh, revisit in the archives. All of our conversations are held there. Uh, very insightful, but if you have more questions, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you can contact Stephen at 847-705-7555 and uh, always visit LavelleLaw.com for more details on Steve's work. Uh, next week, we've got a very relevant topic as Kelly Anderson and I are going to discuss uh, social media in the schools. We'll talk, among other things, about the rights of schools to demand and require passwords. should be a very, uh, very thought-provoking discussion, so I hope you can join us. Uh, and as always, if you can't, the podcast can be found at uh, lavellelaw.com, blog, talk, radio, and even on iTunes. Download from there. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.